is going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of the All In Man Cave Podcast with yours truly, your host, me, Cole Haight, coming at you live from Eastern Pennsylvania. Once again, our midweek podcast to go over injuries, fantasy football, and a wonderful special segment. like to throw these random segments in every once in a while. Uh, it's going to be called Riser or Faller. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. That'll be at the end of the episode. Uh, but before we get into the football part of this podcast, just want to let you guys know uh, Halloween's around, fall time is around. If you guys don't live in a place where the seasons change, I am so sorry. Uh, it must be very mundane going through the same weather over and over and over. However, uh, Pennsylvania, very good for the seasons to change, whether it be only two of them in a year or possibly four, if we're lucky to get all four. But do not underestimate a great fall pumpkin patch trip, uh, just enjoying some time, picking pumpkins, carving pumpkins, uh, getting into some Halloween fun things, uh, anything that you can do uh, to try and get away from the mon- the very mundane, monotonous life that you may or may not be living. So uh, give it a shot. Get some cider. Spike it if you want. If you're into that type of thing, throw some fireball and some cider. Have yourself a good time uh, and enjoy it. So hope everybody's having a good midweek. Uh, it is Wednesday, recording a little bit before 4 p.m. Uh, East, Eastern Standard Time, obviously, for anybody listening on the West Coast or in the central United States. But uh, it's a great day today. Awesome day. Sunny, no rain. It's been raining the past few days. I've been feeling like Seattle. Uh, sorry for all the Seattle people out there possibly listening to the podcast. But uh, like we always do, we're going to go through some of these injuries, most of them being fantasy football impacting also, some some major names as well as some people possibly coming back this week off of injuries. Then we'll slide into fantasy football likes and dislikes and then end with the riser or faller segment of the podcast. So let's hop right in uh, and start also on the East Coast uh, for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson dinged up this week uh, in their extremely bad loss to the New England Patriots by more than 40 points. Zach Wilson got hit in the backfield scrambling. Looked like his knee gave out. Uh, It was a bit of an issue. Looked bad on television if you guys didn't see that football game. Uh, Ended up being a PCL sprain. He's going to be out two to four weeks. Uh, The two to four is a little bit it's a little bit weird when people come out two to four. Usually it depends on the rehab. So we'll see how hard he rehabs and how fast he can come back. Similar to the to the whole issue with Russell Wilson right now, uh, with him having surgery to remove the pin this week so that he can come back right after I, his IR stint of at least three weeks or at least three games, I should say. Uh, his projection was six to eight weeks. Uh, and he's looking. it's looking like he's going to come back closer to four. So... Better for me because he comes back against the Packers, but uh, we have plenty of time to talk about the Packers throughout the segment. Next on the list, two Miami players placed on IR, the Dolphins, who are struggling mightily right now, are going to lose Malcolm Brown, uh, one of their bigger power running backs, as well as Jason McCourty. Malcolm Brown's got a quad injury. Uh, they're going to they're gonna treat it as if it's a, a bigger problem than it is. Uh, they don't want to re-injure him. It looked like he had a setback in practice and or had a setback in the game because he was a bit dinged up coming in. So they're going to place him on IR. He's going to miss at least three games. And Jason McCourty in their secondary uh, foot injury, he's going to be placed on IR as well. They're going to go through some some tests, uh, kind of go through some analysis as to see if he needs surgery or not. Similar to what we talked about with Paris Campbell, where if the foot needs surgery, he's going to be out for the season. If he can play through it, he's going to miss a few weeks. Well, they're going to place him on IR and figure that out within the next few weeks. It's it's hurting that defense that's already dinged up a lot in Miami. So uh, the, the, the Dolphins have a slew of problems that they're trying to deal with right now. One of them they really don't want to deal with anymore is their underperforming defense being more dinged up with injuries. Next, we go back to New York. The New York Giants, Jabril Peppers, ACL rupture and high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for the season. 
it's very unfortunate. I saw the hit. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I saw the play, I guess you should say. Uh, it didn't look good. Uh, Tess came out. He did rupture his ACL on his right knee and also has a high ankle sprain in his right leg. That's rough. Uh, I've mentioned multiple times uh, that my girlfriend has dealt with a lot of uh, ACL injuries and the, the rehab's not fun. And, and I've seen her go through this type of rehab and I'm, I, she's not even very active in terms of sport, sports active. Uh, she doesn't play a sport. Uh, she's not. Uh, she's active. Uh, she works out and stuff. But it's not. She's not a, a professional athlete. And some of these professional athletes that come back from these ACLs in less than a year, it's extremely impressive. Uh, I, I give her a lot of credit. She's made it. Made it back from three of them. Uh, one of them twice, obviously, since she doesn't have three legs and she's not an alien. But uh, the 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 rehab is very intense. Uh, it also moves relatively quickly after the surgery, uh, the repair, and then into physical therapy relatively quickly. And then after physical therapy, then the rehab to try and strengthen what that is. There's a lot of, I'm going off on a tangent a bit, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknown after you injure that part of your leg or your knee or what have you in a joint of what happens if it happens again. You don't want to go through it again. So it's really hard to rehab it hard and not be scared that you're going to re-tear it. That's why I give these professional athletes a lot of credit uh, because they they come out and they give 100% and they're like, listen, now granted they're motivated by millions of dollars, so that's probably one of the reasons, but I give them a lot of credit. Adrian, I watched Adrian Peterson come back from, a, from an ACL in less than six months. Uh, it was around six months, and, and the projected is 9 to 12 and he broke the rushing record that year, so it was very impressive. But uh, Jabril Peppers is going to be missed on that New York New York Giants team, where the offense is struggling and the defense has been trying to carry them, but have been unsuccessful so far. Next on the list, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes got destroyed. Actually, I should say the Kansas City Chiefs got destroyed in that game against the Tennessee Titans. Very scary play. Mahomes trying to break out of the break out of the pocket, uh, and he takes a knee to the helmet. As he's going to the ground and it snaps his neck back, he did not get a concussion, nor is there any neck issue or neck injury. So he will play this week in Monday Night Football against the New York Football Giants. Uh, good for any Chiefs fan out there as well as any football fan. Uh, you didn't want to see anything wrong with Mahomes. Saw him go into the tent in that game uh, via via video uh, on my phone, but... Uh, not good after I saw the after I saw the replay. It did not look good. Looked kind of like he may have had a neck issue or a neck injury. I'm glad he did not. So Mahomes should be there 100% for Monday Night Football, and it is a big game for the Kansas City Chiefs to get a win against the struggling New York Football Giants. Next on the list, Josh Jacobs. The Las Vegas Raiders running back chest injury. Very, uh, they're they're trying to play this a little bit hush hush. They're not saying exactly what it was, but they are saying that it could have been major, and yet it is considered minor, which is good uh, for fantasy owners of him and for him personally. So he's probable for Week Nine. They're on a bye week this week, which helps him as well. Uh, them and the Ravens are the only two NFL teams with a bye week for this week. So he's going to have two, essentially two weeks to get to get through this. Now, if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, a chest injury, it's probably a sternum. Uh, it can't really be anything else uh, based on a chest injury, unless it's internal. But they're like I said, they're not really giving anything that I've read. They're not being very specific on what it is. Uh, glad that it's minor, but keep an eye on Josh Jacobs because Kenyon Drake's been dinged up as well, and I have no idea who the third running back is on that team. I couldn't tell you, and I'm an avid fo follower of football. I could not tell you who their third running back is, so keep an eye on that. Uh, like I said, he will be out this week, so if you have him in fantasy, you'll be putting him on your bench regardless, but keep an eye going in to see if he starts practicing early next week. Next on the list, Nick Chubb. Uh, has been out with a calf injury. Uh, like you guys probably know, they went into that Thursday night game against the Broncos with just Dearness Johnson uh, and Felton as well. So with Kareem Hunt still on IR, he's not eligible to return. So if Nick Chubb were to come back in this game, 
or come back this week, he would start, and then Dearness Johnson would be the second running back in the system. Now, I want to talk about this just for a little so that people don't overreact. Just because Nick Chubb is starting does not mean that Dearness Johnson is now non-existent. Dearness Johnson just takes Kareem Hunt's spot on that roster. Kareem Hunt will never start technically on paper, never start a game for the Browns, yet he always makes an impact, not only in the game, but in fantasy as well. So Dearness Johnson will still have a role on this team this week, especially with God only knows what's happening with Baker Mayfield, uh, which leads me into Baker Mayfield. So to go back, just just to, to assure everyone on on what on how I'm thinking and how how I'm projecting this, Nick Chubb looks like he's going to practice fully this week, which means he's going to start. Dearness Johnson takes that second spot. So if you do have Nick Chubb and he does not have a setback this week, I would start him a hundred percent. I know they're playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got a decent defense this year, but Pittsburgh's also been a very flighty team. And you want to really capture what Nick Chubb has to offer, considering he's a top five back in the league. So please take advantage of that. But anybody out there who owns Dearness Johnson, until Kareem Hunt is back and in this lineup officially, I would considerably, I would definitely start him, especially if he's going to take the role on that Kareem Hunt did. But moving on to Baker Mayfield, it, the Browns seem like they don't know what they want to do in terms of how they want to do this. Now, if it was me personally, there is no way that I'm playing a professional football game with a torn labrum, but I'm also not a multi-billion dollar football team. So I don't know if this is influenced by the decision that he would make on it, he being Baker Mayfield, the coaching staff, the doctors, everybody takes this into consideration. I find it very hard to believe that a doctor would tell you it's okay to play with a torn labrum. That just seems odd to me, if that makes as much sense as it does in my brain right now. It just, you can't expect much from that. Now, uh, it's not in, we're not in the fantasy football segment, but anybody who owns any wide receiver or pass catcher for the Browns, beware if Baker's going to start. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I get that they're in a playoff race, but you could be ruining this man's career based on allowing him to play with a torn labrum that could possibly affect other tendons in the area. I'm not a doctor. Like, it's not Cole Haight, doctor of the year over here. But I just don't see how – I don't see how it's possible for you to expect your football team to win when your quarterback is playing with a torn labrum. It, it's got to be uncomfortable – it, it, it it's going to affect the way he throws the football and he's going to it's going to affect the way he plays now case keenum came in and got the win it wasn't pretty but he got the win against the denver broncos i don't see why you have a capable backup and yet you're pushing baker to start and or allowing him to think he can start both of those are no-nos in the nfl both of them i just it just doesn't make much sense to me next on the list dawson knox uh, it came out that he fractured his hand, yet he started in the game last week. He had a setback. He's going to be out a few weeks. He actually did have surgery on his fractured hand, so he will be out a few weeks. Dawson Knox was picking up huge interest in fantasy football leagues, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Josh Allen loves him as a target. He was he he had a great game against the Chiefs. He had multiple good games this year uh, that people were actually getting big wins in their fantasy football leagues just from people I was talking to uh, at work, some of my friends from college, what have you. But Dawson Knox is going to miss a few weeks, probably going to be closer to three. So just like basically play it like he's on IR because the surgery on the hand is going to be rough. The recovery plus how he feels in terms of percentage-wise at practice is going to be a huge influence on when he can come back. So if you own Dawson Knox, I think he's going to make an impact after he comes back. So he might be worth a bench spot that you can't use for a few weeks, depending on how strong your team is. But some of the stuff that I've seen from some people that I've talked to about who they're dropping with bye weeks and what have you for fantasy is ridiculous. I heard people talking about dropping Lamar Jackson because they don't have a running back spot or like it's it's I've heard a lot of weird stuff. There's no way you should be dropping Lamar Jackson from a fantasy football team. But that's neither here nor there nor I once again went on another tangent, but 
Dawson Knox, worth sitting on your bench. Take a look, see how he looks in terms of how he's practicing. And not only that, but you can also consider what you can pick up. Uh, that will be either equal or greater value. Off the waiver wire, maybe offer something in a trade, depends. But both are a good option because Dawson Knox is a good player. All right, moving on to the Green Bay Cheesehead Packers. Two wide receivers will not be traveling with them this week to Arizona. Will be Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. Both are on the COVID list. Uh, Once again, NFL doing a good job. Very unclear whether they tested positive. They're unvaccinated. It's a quarantine. It's very... uh, All I know is that they both will not travel with the team to Arizona. So if that's the case, then they're both out. Now, they're not going to play Thursday night. If they did confirm... If if eventually it comes out and they're confirmed positive tests for COVID and they're unvaccinated... They could miss next week as well. Hurts a lot of people in fantasy lineups, especially when you found out that Devontae Adams first was on the COVID list. Then you found out Alan Lazard was on the COVID list. I know there's a lot of people out there that went out and picked up Lazard after Devontae Adams was ruled out. Well, not ruled out, but was placed on the COVID list just as a precautionary. Biggest problem with this is that Marquez Valdez-Scaling is supposed to make his return off of IR this week. Unclear whether he's going to do that, although it would be a good spot for him to do that for the Packers. But the thing is, is that there's really nothing else to say about it. It's going to be a concern. This is what this was supposed to be one of the best games so far this season between a high caliber offense in the Arizona Cardinals and a high caliber offense in the Green Bay Packers. So a lot of stuff to take a look at. Don't know who the playmakers are going to be, but uh, they're going to have to figure it out without Alan Lazard uh, and without Devontae Adams. Last on my updates for injuries is Rob Gronkowski. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't know that some of these injuries he was dealing with were this serious. I don't know if it's just because I didn't dig far enough into it. Or if, if the media just really didn't cover it and I didn't hear about it on podcasts, I didn't hear about it on NFL Live, I I watch it every day. So I, I don't know. It, he had rib and lung injuries for the past few weeks. Very interesting. Uh, I'm glad he's doing better. However, there's a good chance he plays this week against New Orleans. I don't advise that you start Rob Gronkowski this week after missing four weeks. However, it may not be an actual bad idea to maybe give him a go because I how because of how good that New Orleans Saints defense is. I think this game's going to be a lot closer of course than last week that uh they came out destroyed Chicago and then all of a sudden the offensive players in fantasy just stopped doing anything for for Tampa Bay because they were up by so many points. This is going to be a lot closer of a game, so I I'm kind of on the fence about Gronkowski. There's 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 pros and cons to both. If he's a hundred percent, and if I knew he was a hundred percent, I definitely would start him. However, I don't know that, and I don't think that they're going to release that information, nor do they really ever. So, I t- take it with a grain of salt. All right, we talked fantasy a little bit uh, sooner than we should have. Now we're going we're gonna to go into the official fantasy football segment with my likes and dislikes this week. We are going to start with the dislikes. Number one, Jonathan Taylor versus the Tennessee Titans. I like the way Jonathan Taylor has looked. I've watched the last two Colts games. Uh, he looks good. He's running well. Had one costly fumble in the game against San Francisco. Didn't really put them in any harm's way. It was early on the first drive. So, I like the way he's played. However, I like the way the Tennessee Titans defense has played more than the way Taylor has looked. Uh, The Titans defense has stepped up the last few weeks, and that's without three of their starting corners, which is very interesting. They, They played well against the Chiefs last week. They played well the two previous weeks also. I like the way they've been playing. I think that... The Jonathan Taylor runs in this game with Carson Wentz missing or possibly missing a lot of his weapons is going to be a bit predictable for them. 
they were able to stop the Chiefs' run game, which is a bit underrated considering how decent their offensive line is and run blocking, as well as their, their running backs aren't bad. They just don't commit to the run as much as other teams do. So I think Jonathan Taylor gets pretty much held in check here. I don't. I wouldn't advise sitting him if you have a, a bad roster of running backs. However, I don't think that he's going to go off this week. I'm not expecting a huge game from him, and 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 that's that's basically that's basically how I feel about it. And I I just trust the way the Titans defense is playing more than I trust the Colts to throw the ball enough for him to be effective on the ground. Next on my dislikes list, Cortland Sutton versus the Washington football team. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't isn't the best at finding Cortland Sutton. It seems like it based on his statistics. However, Washington played well against Aaron Rodgers last week with Aaron Rodgers having all of his weapons there. So I think that the Washington defense is slowly, slowly making a return to where they should have been based on their projections in the offseason. And I think that their secondary has been playing well, especially the last few weeks. They gave up a a bunch of chunks to Patrick Mahomes. But last week, based on the way they played against Aaron Rodgers, I think that they're going to be holding Denver to a very run-centric offense for them to be successful uh, because Washington's one of the worst defenses in terms of stopping the run. Their secondary better than their defensive line, hence me going downward arrow on Corlin Sutton for this week. Next on the list, Matt Stafford versus the Houston Texans. Nobody freak out. I know it sounds bad, but this is the exact reason why I have done this in the past for fantasy quarterbacks. I don't expect this game to be close after the first quarter. Similar to the first quarter last week, if any of you watched Tampa Bay versus the Chicago Bears, uh, Tampa Bay was up 21-0 at the end of the first quarter. I expect something similar here. So Matthew Stafford is going to be capped on whatever that number is. And I feel like they just go to the ground game with Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson early uh, with Cam Akers being out for the year, of course. So I, I don't see a way. I think he's capped, whereas you can take advantage if you have a second quarterback on the roster or you could go out and grab one that's playing against a worse defense in a closer game or even a decent defense in a what would be projected as a closer game because you're basically losing two quarters of Matt Stafford's play playbook of him throwing the football because Houston Texans aren't getting anywhere near this team, especially with the LA Rams defense. They're not going anywhere. Next on the list, Alvin Kamara versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Kamara did, he played okay against Seattle. Seattle's defense this past Monday night is not that good. Tampa Bay's defense is a lot better. They, Jameis Winston is so spotty. It doesn't seem like he wants to commit either or, whether he wants to throw deep or check it down. Seems like he's kind of confused. Some of his throws on Monday Night Football were ridiculous. Uh, I suggest that you guys go back and watch some of the tape. If you have Game Pass or YouTube TV, maybe they have a replay that you can watch. Some of his throws are ridiculous. Kamara should have had four more catches in that game. Very interesting. Uh, however, I think that the Tampa Bay Bucks are literally going to take Kamara out of the football game, and they're going to make Jameis beat them deep. And and unfortunately, Kamara is caught in the crosshairs of that plan based on how good he is as a weapon, not only in the run game, but also in the pass game. Almost equal. He's uh, the closest thing you're going to get to a Christian McCaffrey. So uh, I just don't, I don't see the benefit of it. Uh, unless once again, if you have a bad roster and you're forced to start him, just don't expect that many points. Next on the list, Aaron Jones versus the Arizona Cardinals. Aaron Jones could not run the football against the Washington football team. Chandler Jones is going to make his return off the COVID list as well as JJ Watt. And they have a few linebackers that are very good against the run. I I don't see Aaron. They're going to try and get Aaron Jones involved early. Uh, based on the fact that he's that Aaron Rodgers is not going to have Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. So they're probably going to focus on um, a few players, one that I will wait to tell you until my likes. However, the other one being Robert Tanyan. 
who I could have put on my likes, but I think he's going to be a, have to be effective in the pass game. They're going to have to figure out how to supplement those targets, whether they run the ball more often, whether they throw a few to the tight end, a few to the to the fourth string wide receiver. Maybe Aaron Rodgers rush, runs a few more than he normally would. They're just going to have to figure out what to do with that. I don't think. I don't think that Aaron Jones is going to have a good game. He had a very bad game against the Washington football team last week. I don't see him being a huge factor this week at all. Uh, so I, I wouldn't, even if you have him, uh, the likes of maybe a James Robinson or maybe I'm trying to find a comparison. Maybe a DeAndre Swift would be a better option than Aaron Jones this week, especially since the beginning of this year hasn't been very good for him in terms of fantasy. Next on the list, Tyler Lockett versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. This has literally nothing to do with Tyler Lockett. I just hate Geno Smith. He looked terrible in that game. He had one good pass, and it went for a touchdown to DK Metcalf. I think it was on the second play of the game. I remember getting the update right after I got the notification that the game started. He had one good game, got sacked, bad decisions, bad throws. We know what Geno Smith is. We know what he is. He's not going to get you any fan any fantasy wide receiver that plays for a team that Geno Smith is playing quarterback for is not going to get decent points. DK Metcalf had one catch for 84 yards and a touchdown, and he did not catch another football. So Geno's not good. They were playing against a New Orleans defense that was relatively good. Now against Jacksonville, I don't expect Tyler Lockett to have a complete dud, but he's definitely not going to be up there. Uh, especially based on the fact that Geno Smith is terrible. So not advising to Tyler Lockett start this week. Last on the list, Brandon Cooks versus the L.A. Rams. I know you guys are going to think I'm a hypocrite because I just said that the Houston Texans don't stand a chance in this game. However, uh, if you're down 35 to nothing, how do you come back? By throwing the football. The defense that is up by 35 is going to play, uh, not play press coverage. They're going to play a soft zone. I see Brandon Cooks going over the middle, getting a decent amount of grabs in garbage time. He has the potential to maybe even score a touchdown late, uh, which will get you somewhere. You could possibly maybe get 20 out of him, depending on how often he catches these garbage time pads. They don't have anybody else to throw to. Uh, so basically, the only option to throw to is him. And if the team's up 35 nothing, they're not going to be making any ballsy blitz calls. Any routes aren't going to be jumped. They're just going to try and bleed the clock out, which is what I expect the Rams to do. So Brandon Cooks is... Listen, I don't... Brandon, Brandon Cooks, good start this week. Oh, wow, I jumped the, I jumped the gun. I gave you the first like on my list besides the dislikes. All right, well... So long to the dislikes on that one. That was the first like being Brandon Cooks. However, let's move on to the real likes since I screwed up the transition on that one. However, let's just jump into the likes now. Devontae Smith versus the Detroit Lions. The Lions defensive secondary is awful. Devontae Smith has had a few subpar games this year where people expected him to play well. I currently own him in fantasy, uh, and he's in one of my flex positions. Uh, my league does not have a kicker or a defense, just one added flex position. So he's been doing pretty decently on my flex considering the people on my bench have either been hurt or on or they've been on buys. So I haven't really had a, a way of supplementing my target share since yesterday when I decided to drop a lot of these bums that I had on my team. But I'm expecting a pretty decent game out of Devontae Smith. The Detroit Lions fight in these football games. The Eagles are going to have to play all the way to the end to beat them. So I expect Devontae Smith to have a few big catches uh, and especially a touchdown. So Devontae Smith, definitely a good start this week. Next on the list, Debo Samuel versus the Chicago Bears. Debo's played well when Trey Lance has been in the game. He also has played well when Jimmy G's in the game. Both of those quarterbacks have been a bit subpar. However, Debo is the clear number one target on that team. Good play against the Bears. They just gave up 35 to the Tampa Bay Bucks in the first half. I don't see it being any different here. Their defense has been been said to be good however all of their good performances against teams have been against bad offenses 
So it's a bit inflated, if you ask me. So I don't trust the the Chicago defense, and the Chicago defense is similar uh, in, or in the same position as the Kansas City offense where the opposite side of the football is so bad, being the Chicago offense and the Kansas City defense, that the t- they have a lot of pressure on them. And I think that pressure breaks in this football game. So it's an early it's an early uh, early pick considering my picks come out on Friday and not today but I will be going with San Francisco this week. Chicago's offense looks horrible and, and I don't trust them. So uh, and and I don't trust their defense to cover Debo who is one of the fastest players I've seen run routes, especially deep ends. Uh, he's a great route runner and he for as small as he is in terms of size, uh, he puts up a lot of stats and and he's got, gotten a lot better and has outperformed Brandon Ayuk, who people consider to be better a better wide receiver than him by a lot this year. Next on the list, Cordell Patterson. I feel like a broken record. I told you, I, I'm pretty sure he's been on my likes list for two weeks in a row, this being the third week. But they're playing Carolina. Carolina just gave up 25 to the Giants, who have struggled to score points and or looked awful with no players. They were basically playing with all backup players last week. Dante Pettis, I think, had two touchdowns. Uh, and Dante Pettis has been kicked out of, I think, two cities now for two teams he's played for. However, Cordell Patterson, the threat on the ground, the threat in the air, it's too much for, for teams. And if I would have known that he was going to be used this much, I would have drafted him in the third round of my fantasy draft. Next on the list, Jalen Waddle versus the Buffalo Bills. You'll ask me why am I telling you to why am I telling you guys to start a Miami receiver against the Buffalo defense? Uh, because he's very good. That's why. Tua did not play that bad last week. Now he did make some questionable questionable calls. However, I think that his reliant target is always going to be Jalen Waddle, especially when they're they've got Devontae Parker dinged up. They got Will Fuller out still. Preston Williams has been dinged up. They do have Mike Gesicki, but he needs a speedster or some type of receiver to hit. Uh, I think that that is Mac Hollins on the outside and Jalen Waddle on the inside. So I think Buffalo's defense does give some cushion, especially the slot wide receivers that I've seen in some of their football games. So I think that Jalen Waddle is going to be more of a high target, high reception, low yards game for him. However, 10 for 60 still gives you 16 points in fantasy, which is good, especially with bye weeks coming in and as well as all the injuries we've had in the NFL so far. Next on my likes, Randall Cobb versus Arizona. Somebody's going to have to catch Aaron Rodgers football, and it might as well be his old friend, Aaron, or his old friend Randall Cobb. Uh, Cobb has had a subpar game so far with Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, uh, and Robert Tynion taking most of the targets. Two of those players won't be in. Randall Cobb, still very good, although he's getting up there in age. But Aaron Rodgers and him have a very good connection. They played on the Packers for a decent amount of time. Aaron Rodgers was upset when he was when he was forced out, basically, because they wouldn't pay him. He was sent over to Houston. Uh, decided he was going to come back. It was it was it came at a good time, considering if they didn't have him, they pretty pretty much wouldn't have anybody. And you can't trust their 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 second round pick, Amari Rodgers from Clemson, that they picked up. He's had two catches all year, and I think four targets all year. So Randall Cobb has a has a way of in this game will have a way of making Aaron Rodgers fantasy projected points relevant since he's projected to get 22 points with only Randall Cobb and Robert Tanyan, uh, not knowing if uh, Marquez Valdez Scaling's coming back. So Randall Cobb definitely a start this week, and if you're able to get him on the waiver wire, great pickup because he's going to get a decent amount of target share. Uh, my last two are both quarterbacks. So the last two likes, first one being Matt Ryan versus Carolina. Matt Ryan's last few games have been excellent. Kyle Pitts seems like he's coming into his own in terms of being a playmaking tight end in the league with seven catches for 163 last week, especially when the last three weeks as well. He's gone over 100 yards two out of the last three weeks. So, and Matt Ryan's been playing better. Had a bit of a rocky start to start the season. I believe they started 0-3 and won their last three. Granted, against pretty subpar defenses and teams overall, but he didn't get to pick his schedule, so that ain't his fault. 
So I suggest starting him against Carolina. Their defense has been dinged up. Their front is okay still, and they can perform and get sacks. But I think Matt Ryan gives the the Carolina Panthers all they can handle, and that Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts have great games this week uh, with Russell Gage in assistance as well. Uh, but I think they, they have great games, and he also has Cordell Patterson. So I think they have more weapons than Miami can cover, uh, which is why I suggest starting him, especially for all you Lamar Jackson owners or Derek Carr owners out there that are on buys this week. If you can find a way to get Matt Ryan, I think it's a good idea. Uh, for this pick, I might burn in hell, considering all the crap that I've talked on this football player, but last on the likes list is Kirk Cousins versus the Dallas Cowboys. I I don't think that the Dallas defense is as good as people are making it seem like they are. I think they've had a good few weeks against some subpar teams. The Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings are playing at home. Kirk Cousins is inside. He's been playing well the past few weeks. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is a problem. Everybody else on that defense is not a problem. I don't see I don't see how Trayvon Diggs can completely blow up Kirk Cousins as a performer in this football game for fantasy. However, he may get him once. But I think Kirk has the potential here to to spark something that might be special for the Vikings for the next few weeks. They need to get two wins in the next four games, or their season is pretty much over. At three and three in the NFC, although the NFC is very top heavy right now, so going two and two might be able to keep them in the race. Kirk's gonna have a big game. Their defense is missing Patrick Peterson. They're not gonna have that production or that leadership on the defensive side. So I expect the Vikings to give up a few chunk plays, a few more than usual, and they do have the two-headed monster beat the Dallas Cowboys in the run game. So uh, Kirk's gonna have to come out and he's gonna know it. He's been more of a leader. He's been leading the football team. He's been vocal. And that's coming from his own coaching staff. So that's good to hear. However, it needs to be translated on the football field. I believe in Kirk this week, and I would start him in fantasy. All right, guys, we've reached the last segment of this episode, riser or faller. The risers, I have four teams on each side. I'm going to start with uh, four and get my way up to one. All of the risers are either teams that have really played well the past few weeks or since the beginning of the season based on the offseason projection of where they should be. And the faller, obviously, either the way they started the last few weeks have been horrendous or they were projected very, very high in the offseason or early in the season, and they've completely lost it. So we are going to start with the Fallers. In the fourth position, the Kansas City Chiefs. I've talked about the Chiefs the last few weeks to exhaustion. Their defense is playing awful. Uh, Some high school teams in my area could probably play as good as the Chiefs' defense recently. Patrick Mahomes seems pressured. Looks like he's rushing throws. Looks like he's moving out of the pocket quicker than the pressure is getting there, which leads me to believe that he's anxious and trying to put the team on his back. Uh, However, they do have a few games to turn this around. They're not out of any playoff run being three and four. It's just weird for people to see that the Chiefs are three and four, especially in the Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid era. So I think it's a bit of an overreaction to say that their season's completely lost. However, they do need to start performing. Their playmakers are going to step up in this football game, and they're going to get a big win and probably a huge win by a lot of points against the New York football Giants this week. Uh, another spoiler alert for who I'm picking in that game. However, Kelsey's gonna gonna have to step up. Mahomes is gonna have to step up, and at least one player on that Kansas City defense is gonna have to step up because, based on the first seven weeks or the first seven games for them, nothing good has come from the defense, and there's been a lot of mistakes on offense. Enough mistakes to lead Patrick Mahomes to a spot tied for the lead in turnovers, based on starting quarterbacks. Number three on my faller list, the Washington football team. We expected more. Now there's been a lot of changes to this team based on what you thought you were going to get at the beginning of the season. Ryan Fitzpatrick injured. Taylor Heineke has to step in, has not played up to standard. Also, their run game has been a little worse than people expected, but the worst thing about this football team, literally the football team, is their defense. 
they were they had a projected top four, top five defense going into the going into the year, based on offseason projections. They're right now ranked thirty first in defense overall. It's not good. They're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They're bottom in the league in sacks. They're bottom in the league of forcing turnovers. They're giving up big chunk plays. They can't stop the run. All the things that they were able to do last year is all of a sudden poofed and disappeared. And now the Washington football team are suffering because of it. They only have two wins. It's just it's just rough right now. Taylor Heineke looked good in that one playoff game. They gave him that deal, and since then he has not done much. Uh, not much to report, as my mother would say. This has not done much to report. So... Uh, Washington football team, especially the on the defensive side, we knew the offense wasn't going to be amazing, but the offense has lost a few playmakers due to injury. They have, haven't played fully healthy on that side, but the defense hasn't had that many injuries, and they have four first-round picks on the defensive line. All of them are not getting any pressure on the quarterback. Next on the list, number two, the San Francisco 49ers huge expectations for this football team to compete in what everyone thought was going to be the best division in football. The 49ers, I, Kyle Shanahan looks like he's lost lost how to call football games. I, I'm still confused as to why he thought starting Jimmy G to try and protect, uh, protect Trey Lance was a good idea, seeing as though Trey Lance got hurt in the first game that he started. I don't understand that the I don't understand the Brandon Ayuk situation with them where he he all of a sudden is on Kyle Shanahan's bad side therefore he gets no targets. He's on the field. That's more of a Jimmy Garoppolo problem. Like Brandon Ayuk being open on routes and not getting the ball is not Kyle Shanahan's fault. Granted, I don't think Shanahan's been calling a great a great game for some of these games, for most of these games actually. But they've gotten the injury bug again. You can't use the injury bug as an excuse constantly. However, it's almost like they get injured more than every other team on weird plays. Like a, a cornerback will make a play, be fine, and all of a sudden fall to the ground. It doesn't make any sense. Jaquiski Tart, one of their safeties, is hurt again for the third time in seven weeks. I just I don't understand. Josh Norman looks off. Josh Norman has more penalty yards probably than Dalvin Cook has rushing yards this season. Like anytime you throw the ball down the field, Josh Norman is just grabbing a jersey, trying to tackle him early, getting there early. He he's older and he knows he can't compete. It, their defense has been subpar, their offense has been subpar, and the injury bug leads them to number two on my faller list. However, they are not as bad as the number one team on my faller list, the Miami Dolphins. Nobody expected the Miami Dolphins to be one and six right now. No one. Not a single soul. Not with Brian Flores as head coach and the way that defense has performed the past few seasons. Now, their defense is dinged up, don't get me wrong, but they're giving up a crazy amount of big plays. Crazy amount. There's 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 blogs and there's podcasts and there's reporters coming out saying that Brian Flores isn't a isn't a a player's coach and he just wants results. That sounds exactly like something Bill Belichick would say. How interesting. It, it seems something like I could imagine Bill Belichick saying that or that coming out about him. I wonder why. We've talked about millennials and how to reach them. Everybody, on, A lot of people on his football team, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people on his football team are young. They're all millennials. They could possibly be even le- the later generation than millennials. I, you can't reach them by screaming at them. You can't reach them by ignoring them and expecting them to perform. There, there needs to be solidarity in the way that you lead your football team. Now, I'm not some sort of coach guru, but I, it's just putting two and two together for me. But the Miami Dolphins, by far, biggest disappointment so far this season. All right, going on, moving on to the risers. Number four on my risers list, the Indianapolis Colts started off rough. Very rough for the Colts the first few weeks. Carson Wentz was dinged up. They had issues on defense where they were giving up huge plays. I uh, believe they won their last three to get them to three and four. This is what we expected uh, for how the Colts were supposed to play. Balanced on offense. Very good on defense. Defense keeps them in football games. Offense gets them over the, the hump or vice versa. They, they're, they're very balanced as a football team. Carson Wentz seems like he's playing well, even missing a lot of his big-name targets. 
I like the way they look, and I like the way they look moving forward, considering a lot of people were willing to throw them to the Wolves after they started 0-4, I believe, uh, for them to start 0-8. So for them to get three big wins in a row, big for that organization. Next on the list, at number three, the Falcons. Falcons, once again, we talked about it uh, when we were talking about Matt Ryan and Cordell Patterson and the likes for fantasy this week. But I like the way they look. Their defense has been better than they were the first few weeks. Matt Ryan has been better the past few weeks. And their playmakers on offense are starting to act like playmakers. They The first few weeks, Mike Davis wasn't able to run the football effectively. It still didn't work. They still tried it. It still didn't work. They get Cordell Patterson involved, and now the run game's okay. They're using him in the return game. And in the pass game, Kyle Pitts kind of fi- finds a groove. Uh, Russell Gage finds a groove, and some of these weapons that Matt Ryan has at his disposal are finally performing to the way they should have been since the beginning of the season. So I like the way the Falcons are looking. Uh, And Nick Wright uh, from First Things First, shout out to First Things First, uh, the podcast. But Nick Wright, huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, big personality on radio and on TV picked the Falcons as his dark horse to to get to the playoffs. I thought that he was tanked on that, and now it doesn't look too bad of a pick. Next on the list, number two, the Las Vegas Raiders. If if you were to tell me, uh, let's say right after, let's say right after the draft this year, if you were to tell me that the Raiders would be winning the division and were up two games on the Chiefs through week seven, I would have told you that you're insane and what are you smoking? However, it is true. John Gruden fired, well, not essentially not fired, he resigned. However, gone the last two weeks, Derek Carr looks great. A lot of people dislike giving Derek Carr credit for how good of a quarterback he is. I am a Derek Carr lover and supporter, so I will give him that credit. Did not have Darren Waller this week. Their their playmakers on offense also at a high standard compared to what people expected. Henry Ruggs did not look good last year. Brian Edwards looks good, and Hunter Renfro's making a making an impact as well to go along with Darren Waller, their all-star tight end. So I like the way they look right now. Their division, uh, the Broncos look, look like a team that's struggling, even though their defense looks decent. Uh, their next few games are against decent imp- opponents, uh, decent to below average imp- opponents. Uh, they have a bye this week, but their next three after. They look like they have a, an ability – and a probability of winning this division, depending on how the Chiefs end up playing or and how Herbert plays as well, since they were just on a bye. So we'll see how they bounce back from that. But they look good right now. Uh, and and they've started they've started like this a few years. Uh, within the last five years, they probably started five and two or at least that, probably three out of the five. They just seem to not be able to hold on by the end of the season let's see if they can do that now since the since all the reports saying it said there's less anxiety on the sideline and uh they're gelling together as a team uh the the mentality of them is positive i like that i like those those types of things coming out of your of, out of your locker room from reporters stuff like that i like hearing about that uh, because it seems like a more positive trend for your football team and, and it'll affect your play on the field but by far the number one riser of football teams not, with no expectations at the beginning of the season is the Cincinnati Bengals. This team looks like they're going to win that division. I made a bet on DraftKings. It was no nobody f- that was in last last year would come in first this year, and I got two to one odds, put a decent amount of money on it. All of those teams are currently not in the lead in the division, except for the Cincinnati Bengals. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So the Bengals look great. Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, their connection looks almost unreal. It looks almost magical, as corny as that sounds. But he looks like he can read his mind where he needs to throw the ball, where where the football needs to go. Joe Mixon has been playing amazing. Uh, giving them the run support that they need uh, so that Joe Burrow can be as good as he is through the air. And I have no idea still. I mean, I know I've mentioned this before, but I have no idea still how this defense is playing this well. They're giving up 18 points a game. Their defense was projected to be awful. I think they were – I remember reading an article uh, to say that the offense for the Bengals – 
projections. I think it was right before the draft. Based on based on their current players on the roster, were pro- the only team projected to have a bottom five offense and a bottom five defense. Now they did pick up Jamar Chase and players in the draft that that changed that. But for a projection in let's say March, late March, till now, that is an extreme flip flop. Extreme flip flop. It's crazy how well they've played, and it's also crazy to think that how well they're playing now, the Vikings should have beat them in overtime because Dalvin Cook did not fumble, and how as good as the the Cardinals are playing, they should have beat them, but we couldn't make a field goal. It's crazy to think about the NFL, but one play really does change the game. All right, guys, hope you like the new segment. This will be the end of this episode. Uh, Like always, the preview segment, my last two weeks for bets against the spread and over-unders have been not very good. Last week, better than the previous week. So we're hoping, I'm hoping I'm going to dig in, dig into some of these games, see what I can figure out and what kind of picks I can throw up for you guys uh, for the Friday podcast. Uh, But the Vikings play on Halloween night, Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys in Minnesota. Going to be costume night at the stadium, I believe. So tune in, even if you're not a Vikings or Dallas fan, to see some of these crazy costumes that are going to be on during this game. I will definitely be watching it, even though I need to wake up early as hell Monday for work. But I'll be watching it regardless because that's what I do as a Vikings fan. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, tuning into the pod. Uh, Any comments, any feedback, anything, please find me on Facebook, C-O-L-E. H-A-Y-D as in dog, T as in Tom. That's Cole Hate on Facebook. Uh, shoot something into my DMs. Leave, leave a, a comment on my wall. Also, if you're listening on Google or Apple Podcasts, please leave a review, possibly five stars if you are nice enough to do so, uh, as well as a comment. Uh, just looking for feedback for the podcast. Would love to do this full time. I uh, love talking sports. Love love giving um, hot takes and what have you, uh, and the and the best bets, giving updates and what and whatnot. So I appreciate all the support uh, from everyone in person, online, on the internet, what have you. Appreciate all the support. Tune in to any podcast that you possibly missed in the feed. They are all in the feed on wherever you guys find podcasts. For some reason, Pandora will not let me on their platform. So everywhere but Pandora. So uh, available everywhere, All in Man Cave podcast. Hope you guys have a less stressful end of the week going into your weekend. And like I always say, until next time, peace.